0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Brodude, and after a few days away, we are finally back. And before we get into what is one of the more anticipated episodes of the You Know Ball Podcast, <laughs> for obvious it's reasons, good. I think, uh, uh, the, the last few weeks, people have really been itching to tune in for us. wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't know. both of us collectively losing our mind in some capacity. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsors from Underdog Fantasy, the newest and best place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes. You can use our promo code SLOP—that's S S-L-O-P, L O P—to get a one hundred dollar deposit match on there. <laughs> Sam, we got we got some Celtics picks. We got some Heat picks. What are we feeling? I mean, I don't whatever the, the like but pick an undrafted guy on the Heat
1: and like just take the points higher. I don't care what it is.
0: All right, let's see. Hold on.
1: Uh, just like uh, what's what's fucking Gabe Vincent's higher? 12. Me? Yeah, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Throw, that <laughs> easy. How about uh Max Struces? What's what's his? What's his 11 point? and a half? Yeah, let's go. Again. All right. <laughs> uh, keep it going. Duncan Robinson, what's his points higher? No, 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 no. We're, we have, have gonna parlay today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have to do uh we have to do the Celtics now. So how about we have Gray <laughs> lower on all right which which player jalen <laughs> uh lower on uh al herford everything um, all right seven points i don't 5.5 mean, 5 rebounds i don't know i don't fucking know man uh, I, uh, yeah
1: rebound i don't care i mean well rob williams isn't gonna play what are rob williams higher lowers?
0: Rob has thirteen point five points, rebounds, assists, six rebounds, and seven points. But the problem is he had eight and eight in like twelve minutes last game. That's what
1: I'm saying. Yeah, fuck it. Grant won't play. What's that say? Four point five points yep. on Grant. Yeah, fuck it. Let's uh, lower on Grant's point. <laughs> That's not true. So so Save do that team higher. We'll do that higher. Let we'll do higher. We'll do higher. All right, we'll do higher. Do get, higher. Get a positive. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sam's Doomer ticket. If you put ten bucks on that, you can get sixty. That's higher on undrafted Gabe Vincent and Max Struess points, and uh, higher on four point five points for Grant Williams going underdog today. Use the promo code SLOP to sign up. Uh, after tonight, there might be a little bit of a gap in basketball, but the NBA Finals will be back in a week, and more importantly, we're going to be entering SLOP season. So you're going to want to be st- Tuned in, especially with, with us and Underdog this slop season, because I'm sure we'll be doing a bunch of different giveaways and stuff like that. So if you've not already, sign up, promo code slop. The, the trough is going to be full and yes. the slop is going to be moist. It's going to be incredible. We might have a history. I, I think this could be the craziest all season since 2019. Yeah. Mainly due to the parody of the league right now and the fact that. Every team, I don't think every team's going to overreact to what happened this year because it's, other than the Nuggets being the number one seed and just cleanly making the NBA Finals, yeah. one of the more chaotic seasons and postseasons that we've ever seen in the NBA. And I think it's going to lead to some crazy, crazy shit happening. But before we get into the actual basketball that has been played, the thing that has been Talked about for months, we've talked about it, Zach Lowe's talked about it, Bill Simmons has talked about it, national media. Jalen Brown is really the focus of the slop before we get into the real slop. And the reason for that, as we've discussed before, is that he can now sign an offseason extension that he was not eligible for before, but since he made All-NBA, he should be eligible. Having said that, he's having the worst playoff series since he was... A young player, at the very least, probably definitely the worst as as a veteran, at least for him against the Miami Heat. So, Sam, how do you feel about the whole Jalen situation? Because we've talked about it before, and we've talked about what we kind of you know. You've always viewed Jalen as kind of the steady, the guy that keeps the the ship steady when uh, when Jason Tatum for, goes against into the mode. Twenty eight other teams. <laughs> Twenty. Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh. Then, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm gonna take them both. Um, you know that the the famous thing that uh has never come back to bite any Celtics fans in the ass. Um, I, I'd like to see both guys back. Um, I know it hasn't been like like Jalen. Like, like I was kind of going insane, like saying like ah uh, Jalen. Like you know after like game three and everything. But it's like I don't even really put this at the feet of Jalen that much? I mean, like, why is he handling the ball and bringing it up the floor, like, a billion times during the game? You know, like, I don't... It's so hard to, like, read into something where, like, a team is, like, clearly let go of the rope. I'll say this about the Celtics. It's clear there needs to be some kind of change. Um, You know, depending on your appetite for that, you know, will that be hiring... Um, big name assistants to support Joe Missoula will it be firing Joe Missoula will it be letting Grant Williams walk will it be your know, and then the biggest one that which is what we're talking about now will it be trading Jalen Brown because you know what everyone's saying is like if you can't win with this guy um
0: he's still gonna have a ton of trade value um you know he's uh you Prior know, I, to this series, me. I would have said it was at an all-time high in terms yeah, of trade value. Yeah. Everyone wants a wing that can score and defend on ball. Everyone wants a youngish all-star who's in his prime. And maybe they might not want to pay him, but they're certainly willing to give up a lot for him.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: And that's just kind of, you know, I, I, I don't... I just
1: don't see that happening, though. Even with the big amounts of returns, unless there's something that I don't know about, um, based on how Brad Stevens is the lead decision-maker, t- like, from what I know about him, how he tends to operate. This is not Danny Ainge. You know, this is, um, you know, Mike Zarin's still there. I think they're more likely to just super max him. And, you know, I because... The thing is, the Celtics are really not Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks kind of touched on this. They're not in like terrible shape the way that like you know the Bucks and some of these other teams are because none of their other guys are really hitting free agency for like three or four years, and a lot of their middle guys. It's just Grant Williams, and a lot of their other like middle tier guys all make like pretty good, like pretty normal contracts, like that are not that damaging. Like everyone's like somewhere between nobody's I think Bobby Mark said nobody's above 22. You know, I think Marcus smarts like 20 Rob is floating around 12 Brogdon's around 18 Derek White's like 14. Like these are all the, you know, these are all the guys. Um, And I I just think they're not, they're not going to be in that second cap until Jason Tatum's stuff comes up in a, a couple more years. And, you know, at that point you can trade Jalen Brown's contract, you know, like I, I don't think even in a worst case scenario for Jalen um, Brown's, I don't think he's going to become like Brad Beal. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: cause that's Dude, the, do you know how much money he's going to make? Yeah. 50 million a year. It's a five year, $295 million extension. That's almost 60 million a year. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess like, I kn- called- look, I know you love Jalen, but that is, I've been saying it the second anyone signs these supermax contracts and they're not one of the 10 best players in the league, it's a toxic contract immediately. And it's not to say that this, the, it's not to say the Celtics shouldn't sign it. It's to say that Jalen's trade value in two years is not going to be Jalen's trade value today. That's true. No, I mean, it would definitely take a little bit of a hit, but you know, like,
1: here's the other thing though. Like, It really has been. I mean, I know the Celtics have never like really looked like impressive, impressive in these. But like, I mean, you know, maybe this is cope. But like, they've been to the conference finals like one billion fucking times, you know. Like, and I, I don't know. Like, like I think people. You know, you can be someone who you can you can boomer. You know, you can be you can have the, which, by the way, might be correct. You know that, that <laughs> the boomers bosses. have owned me with everything, yeah. <laughs> so I can't even say. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I'll, I'll give the boomers their due. Bill is Bill is Gen Xing on me on a level that I've never like. I I, I have to go. I have to buy an Eddie Vedder mask to like even look myself in the mirror. Or, like, next up, uh, Pearl Jam and me being cucked by Bill. That is like <laughs> what's happened in my life. He has completely owned me with the zombie heat thing. Like, yes, yeah, I've, never, I've never been more owned in my entire yeah.
0: life. Yeah, I mean, me awesome. and Giotto talked about it with the beyond the, the zombie heat thing, the Embiid rebounding, which a lot of people complain about mm-hmm. with, the, with the Sixers, with Embiid's not giving a shit about rebounds in the regular season sometimes matters because <laughs> yeah. you get to the playoffs and he still doesn't give a shit. And then you're getting yeah. killed on the glass. Like yeah. those, those things might actually matter.
1: So it might actually matter. I'm going down with my little millennial ship. <laughs> I still think that, you know, I still think this is a really good team. I do think at a certain point in the NBA, um, you've just got to be hanging around on the edges and get lucky one time, you know, like, and wait for the circumstances to break your way, um, barring uh, a miracle tonight uh, and three and more nights the next week. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give them one more. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I will tell you this: if the Celtics, like, I would rather lose tonight than have them force a game seven and lose that game seven because I would want that so badly. I would yes. want that so bad. I I would not I would not care if Joker bounced us on our ass in four after that. To hang the blue three zero lead on the Miami Heat would be just amazing. Um, almost certainly won't happen. I will be owned tonight. Uh, probably get swept. Celtics seem like they're getting letting go of the rope. At the end of the, the end of the day though, like um, how many more times are you going to run into Miami? Uh, might be forever. You know what I'm saying? If Miami is just there to own us every time, then you know, that I really despise that fucking team. And I still don't understand how like second round picks just keep they, they keep getting away with it. Like they did it with two guys this year. Like it's it's a, a buyout guy and a second round pick where like Caleb Martin. And Kevin Love just apparating.
0: Of Hold on. And then also Cody Zeller, by the way, who's in there, who said the rotation was not playing basketball for a year. I was just like, go, oh, Cody Zeller's still around. And they're like, yeah, bring him in. If they did it with Dwayne Deadman two years ago or three years ago, like, there's always someone they can grab off the scrap peep that's like a random generic basketball player and throw him out there. Um, but back to Jalen Brown. I mean, like, look this team has been,
1: like, extremely successful. Whenever I try to complain about the Celtics, it says you and everyone else in the comments, so yes. quickly remind me, you're a spoiled fucking bitch, baby. Like, sure. we, would, we would kill to be to the conference finals. You've been there five times. And, you know, like, look, the point is to win a title. I also just think, like, you know, people were asking about, wow, it's kind of crazy that, like, LeBron only won four titles, given how dominant he was. And I think that that's just where the NBA is now. It's really fucking hard to win a title. Like, yeah. even the most dominant player in the world only gets four. And I think that just goes to show you what a fucking insane outlier the Warriors are for, like, what they did.
0: Like, yeah. I mean, the Warriors and the Spurs have been the outliers of the last 25 years. Like, it it it, it rarely ever comes along. But back to the, the whole Jalen thing here. Yeah. The, there's an argument for keeping him, which is the one you just made, which is yeah. you wait around, you hang around for your opportunity. You yeah. hope really at this point, you just hope that Jason Tatum gets much. Like, I think Brown is more or less who he is as a player. He's 26 going on 27 years old. He's, uh, he's made a lot of
1: improvements. in Yes. He he's
0: yeah. made yeah. a lot of, imp- I mean, he's, yeah. he's made himself into an, uh, 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 a- 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 I don't know if he's second team all NBA. I think I had him third team. He's probably more of a fringe all NBA guy. But he's made himself into an all-star at the very least. And to the point you were just about to make, though,
1: he's made, because he's made so much more progress, you know, Jason Tate has made a lot of progress too, especially as a passer and a defender. But just because he started from so much more of a polished base, he has more of an opportunity to improve, which I think... And also
0: the things that he needs to improve on are things that guys generally improve on throughout their career. It's not like literally, like, improving your handle as much as Jalen has has been impressive, but, like, he's not gonna oh, oh, uh, in a year from now, he's not gonna be Chris Paul handling the ball. Like, that's just the reality of of the limitations that, that a player can have. And all the things that Tatum has gotten better at is, and then the funny part is, is that he's actually regressed in the one department that was a strength of his yeah. that yeah. players <laughs> usually get better at, which is pull up. Very funny. Yeah, it's a funny. hilarious <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah, I love
0: it's, it. It's yeah, except for game seven and game six, fourth quarter, when you uh, decided to never miss a fucking shot. Um but back to the, the whole the whole argument on this, which is the argument is that you made is it's a fine one. I think that I think yeah. there is an argument to be made that you're better off just maxing him and figuring it out later, even if you don't get even if you don't get all the trade value back that you would get now trading him at this moment. The argument against it is basically Jason Tatum is is your best player and you, you can you can essentially reshift the window this time around and maybe have a little bit more flexibility to either land a second star who you view as either fitting better with Jason Tatum and maximizing him or more importantly to me. Is the new CBA is the fact that the new CBA is gonna fuck teams like the Celtics when they sign these contracts. Because as people have talked about, you're almost certain, even if you have all those medium sized contracts and all that shit, and it doesn't kick in till later. One of the best parts of the Celtics teams have been their depth. We've talked about it all year. We talked about it last year. We've talked about how them having a really strong seven or eight until this round somehow has been really a feather in their cap and kind of held them to, uh, you know, made them into a finals-level team. So the the thing I'm trying to say here is, like, we I've talked about it with Dred on some streams recently. He's looked into the CBA. The new CBA is going to fuck teams that do the repeater tax, basically. We've talked about the limitations of not being able to aggregate salary. We've talked about not being able to take on extra salary.
1: That, that's not really the repeater, though. That's the, that's like the lead apron, like the second apron. No, be-
0: no, no, no. The repeater rules are even worse for this. So the, the repeater
1: same- rules are bad, but I think the, 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 the really draconian stuff, like the losing first-round draft picks and stuff like that, is if you are a repeater in the apron.
0: Right? On the set, over the second apron. But yeah. you're talking about paying two guys a combined $120 million per year Right. And as if if you want to build out a team with depth like the guys you're talking about the medium-sized contracts yep. you're basically going to have to like you you're not going to be able to field a team is what I'm trying to say here. And when you get closer to that second apron the the all the crazy fucked up rule shit like the the pick I didn't even know about this one. Did you I, this is what Dred was telling me that the the pick if you're in two of four years I believe it is I don't even think they have to be back to back if you are above that second apron then your pick falls yeah what it's it, it's so funny that they had to be like this draconian to their own fucking it pick falls to the up. end of the first round no matter what like you're yeah. below the team that won the NBA finals or had the best record in the regular season so like yeah it, There are so many disincentivized in this in this fucking new CBA to disincentivize teams from basically paying a ton of money for players. And if you give two guys a supermax, you're guaranteed to be one of those teams that's at least close to it unless you're just you're doing what the Miami Heat do, which is nailing second round picks, nailing undrafted guys. Getting having a cycle of contracts that are much, much smaller and you're hitting on rookie deals and all this shit, which is just really hard to sustain. Like Miami is really the only team that's ever been able to pull this off. And I'm kind of, if, if I'm looking at it from the Celtics perspective, the only reason that I would really consider this is because of these new rules. And because of the fact that like, if you feel like, you can get a second guy you would rather pay. It's not to say you have to do it this offseason. It's not like you're trading Jalen and stuff for Luka Doncic or whatever. It would be essentially you look at this offseason as kind of like a slight step back to take a step forward and build your trade package for that superstar player that you could get to pair with Jason Tatum, whether that's like who knows who's going to be available for a year from now. God, I hope it's not Joel Embiid, but it could be like those kind of guys. So, yeah. More importantly here, the, the, the offers that would be out there right now, you're going to hear the same ones over and over. It's going to be like the teams like Portland and Houston that have these high-up picks, and then they can offer whatever, whether it's prospects or it's a guy like amfordy e. Simons plus the third pick. Is there any deal that you would ever even consider out there? Or are you just saying – no, if I'm not getting a better player than Jalen right now, I'm just going to keep Jalen and sign him.
1: I mean, like, obviously, I'd like... There, there's, like, a line where I'd consider it, you know? Like, I don't know exactly what that would be, you know? Especially if Houston's putting, like, Nets picks in the deal, like, you know, in their own, you know, like... it. Yeah, you know, They could put together, you know, some kind of package. But, like, I think the thing here is, though, that, like... You know, there's... A human element to the nba and to kind of like how you do business and some of this stuff like i don't know i think jalen brown and jason tatum really like each other and like i mean i guess jason tatum like supposedly was okay with jalen brown being in the kevin durant talks but like is he going to be okay with trading Jalen Brown for like uh fucking J- Jabari? And yes, that's the question. Yeah. Like, you know, like, cause that's the, that's the real problem. Like there is a, there is an equivocal point, you know, where that happens, but you know, if you do that, you're entering a stage where you're, you're playing with fire there a little bit because you know, you're really betting that Jason Tatum is the guy driving this boat, and in two years, Jason Tatum has the player option, he can hit free agency in the summer of 2025. Um, whenever everybody else comes off the books, then too. Um, that's not a guarantee, you know, like the Supermax, he probably comes back, like
0: he's gonna take the Supermax. It's the most, I mean, it's over 300 million.
1: Yeah, but like, but why? Fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the other. You would have
0: to get Tatum to agree to anything basically before you do it. You wouldn't. You wouldn't go to Tatum afterwards. You would say to him, "Can we? Can we look at these deals?" And it is different when you're trading for Kevin Durant, right? Than when you're trading for Anthony Simons, the third pick, and maybe one more future first from Portland. Like that. That is a difference because. You're looking at it like, yeah, we'll still have a good competitive team next year, but like, I want to win the title next year. And if I'm losing my co-star, who I've been to the finals and the conference finals with, then really, where are we going? So are you trying to say that, Kevin, you don't believe Kevin O'Connor's report?
1: What What did KFC say?
0: I've had a source tell me in the past week that this Celtics team feels like a group that's tired of fake liking each other. Hmm. I don't know. That seems that seems more reading the tea leaves. I feel like that's
1: more pointed at Marcus Smart, who I love, but it seems like Bill, part of Bill and Rusillo like always shitting on him is they love to have their like little inside information. Because yeah. they're like really off basketball-wise when they talk about him, which makes me think that they're hearing stories about Marcus Smart or something like that that are like coloring what they are seeing and thinking on the sure. court. Because what they say about Marcus Smart is just insane, like, all the time. It's always wrong. Um, and there's there's been weird stuff about, like, Marcus before. So, I mean, I don't know if that's really about Jalen Brown. I mean, l- hey, I will say this. If KOC is going to have sources anywhere, it would be with the Celtics, because he's sure. a reporter there. So, like, um, you know, so... I-, I don't know, man. I, I just... I I, we've heard some of this stuff before. Um, you know, I do know for a fact Jalen was like pissed about all that stuff. You know, um, had that confirmed to me. Like, um, you know, it, I, I just what I know about Brad Stevens as a decision maker, he's like very risk averse, which is why, like, his targeting thing has been, been going out and getting. Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon and these guys who are going to be under contract for two more years at these small numbers because that's what you're really talking about with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because basically after the 2025 season the team cycles yeah but Derek White is up a year earlier uh, Malcolm Brogdon's yeah or uh, you you you'll still have Marcus smart and Rob under contract in 2025 2026 uh, but everybody else Brogdon Al Horford, Derek White all those guys are under contract um actually next year they're still under the luxury tax with everyone coming back except for Grant Williams and Blake Griffin so, so they're actually like not that bad off financially for you know next year um it's the year after that and the year, that the year after that year after that yeah, yeah. uh it's, so it's it's it's, it's, it's it basically the team cycles after like 2025 it's like the, the 2025 offseason would be like when mer- serious changes would happen like so
0: so what what other alternatives do you think there could be because like maybe they just fire the coach and they bring in a new coach and they're like okay we'll fix this with a new coach we did fine with this group the, the, rum- the, the rumor is that
1: frank vogel is okay with a being an assistant coach and the and, he's interviewing for the Sixers job today. Okay, well, so, you know, like, I, I, you know, there are, is there a thing where you can get a lot of good assistance in the door with maybe the idea of like, look, we might, we might fire
0: Joe Mazz and You might be, you might be. Yeah, you might get the next one up. You yeah. might get the next one up. But I, don't I know think, he's boys with Brad Stevens too.
1: Yeah, I, well, and I don't think, I don't think Brad Stevens is gonna, I don't think Brad, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I would be kind of surprised if Brad Stevens like publicly knifes Joe Missoula over this, you know, I, I it, and it's been horrific and you like almost kind of, I don't know if you heard the story about Wick Grossbeck, um, yeah, and like being courtside and like completely undermining Joe Missoula, telling him to take the starters out. Like that's really fucking bad. In game
0: three, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of like bullshit here. I don't really know. You know, and they're not going to make any decisions right away. It's always kind of tough to tell like in the moment, like when the shit is, man, Um, you know, you got also got to kind of assess the levels. I mean, if the Celtics get swept, that's one thing. Um, Like, are you positive that, you know, the Celtics, if you play this series a hundred times, the Celtics are just, have
0: no chance against them. Yes, Miami. because the Miami Heat are the greatest shooting team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about we literally talked about how their shooting regressed during the Knicks series and I was like, yeah. this is probably an indicator of a team that is what shot over its head in the Bucks series and that this will now balance back out to it's probably to more of a, a an above average shooting team but nothing more. And they have dude this stat blew my mind. Okay, so all season, the first 84 games, if you include the two play-in games, the Miami Heat shot over 50% as a team from three, three times. <laughs> they have done it twice in the Celtics series, and they did it in the first game of the Buck series. And then in addition to that, if you were to rank like their highest three-point shooting games as a team, I would... I didn't do the exact count, but I would be willing to say between the Bucs series and the Celtics series that probably five of the seven or eight best shooting games as a team that they've had this season were in those games. In in five games during the, the Bucks and the Celtics series. Having Good. said that, they shot like shit and you called it to a T in game two. You yeah. said the Celtics will have their bad shooting game. In the same game that Miami has their bad shooting game. That's exactly what happened. And it let Miami hang around. And Miami, being the better coach team, being the team with the superstar that closes games better, took advantage of it. And by the way, we haven't even talked since the Grant Williams thing. Probably the dumbest thing I've ever... Dude, I'm sorry. Grant Williams (laughs) saying something that Jimmy Butler is going to make him play better. He's Jimmy fucking Butler, dude. He is the theater kid. Like it's because
1: Grant is like so fucking annoying, and yeah. like people love watching Grant get owned. It's like one of the funny things. Like, sure. and this is like, this is perfect because it's like the NBA's highest approval rating. Um, the 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 cuck master Jimmy Butler is <laughs> is just collecting fan bases and casuals to his. Jim,
0: Jimmy is so powerful that he cupped a team called the Bulls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: J- jimmy jimmy is, is is just cucked everyone in the world and then you have grant williams who's just the most universally despised no, it was a great formula yeah that's what i'm saying like that that was obviously that was gonna be like worldwide wob like food you know what i'm saying like that, yeah. that type of nba poster was gonna just thrive like on uh you know, you know th- that type of stuff but like if you really think that had anything to... Jimmy is the world's most athletic theater kid. Like, he absolutely... loves well, this, this is my new theory, is that Jimmy Butler has, like, has been the greatest basketball player in the world his entire career, but, like, is crafting a beautiful Lin-Manuel Miranda style narrative. Well, <laughs> He'll only, like, he'll only take out, like, the exact amount of, like, basketball thing that he needs to, like, further this, like, grind set, like, uh... He he really is like just doing
0: basketball Hamilton like uh, <laughs> yeah. So two years ago when he got swept by the Bucks, that was a bit just so yeah. that nihilist Bucks would make jokes about Bren Forbes outscoring him. Yeah. And now we're here two years later, Definitely. and Jimmy's about to go back to the NBA Finals when everyone said that it was a fluke in the bubble, so oh, he could yeah. say fuck you. As people pointed out to me today on Twitter, he was training in the Himalayas <laughs> for the altitude yeah. in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> like what something
1: batman does like jimmy jimmy butler like l- looked at that and was like oh that's awesome i want to do what nolan jimmy is in jimmy is like asking like dennis villanue <laughs> well like what what what's like the best way to like uh have like a triumph and overcome everything um yeah Now, uh, jimmy uh, i mean jimmy has owned us man jimmy has owned me personally um you know he's owned
0: every fan base he's played for but yeah um no me by the way people don't know this but i was the one that started the joke that jimmy was retiring to miami so i have been owned more so than any person in the history of of the world wow
1: i mean i well you and i both i I think me a little bit more but we both
0: truly despise the miami heat as a franchise And, and now now it's annoying to me because obviously i don't like i said i don't have a dog in this fight uh the Celtics kicking our ass all the time, and even in our sh- even in their shitty year, still beating us drives me insane. So I don't really care that you guys are losing. But the thing that drives me insane is I'm not even mad at Miami. I actually I respect I have to respect Spo and Jimmy now because they've just destroyed everything that I thought I knew about basketball. Yeah, you can be one of the worst teams in the NBA the entire season, and it doesn't matter as long as you're a grind set guys that in the moment. They have me
1: bucks posting. I'll never forgive them. They reduce me to the, 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 the greatest worm, the the whining bucks post. Oh you can't shoot, you can't keep shooting over 35%. It's not possible. The the lowest life form, the the, the, the whiny bucks fan. like ah
0: god Ben Thompson posting.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh man, like because I mean because that's the thing, is like you know what I think genuinely happened this series is I think the heat were lights out um game one and did get a little lucky, sure. but th- that changed everything because I think that really fucked with the Celtics that they were playing really well sure. and were just not and the heat just didn't go anywhere. They just were hitting all those weird little fucking jumpers and everything. And you've kind of seen throughout the series, Game to game, the drop in game two, a drop in game three. Just composure is getting worse. So yes. now the shooting, per- like the shooting percentages in game three. I'd love to say like, oh, they did like didn't miss anything, and they are still hitting at a clip that's ridiculous. And they're generating they're, a they're ton open. of open threes. Yeah, they're For, open. You know, they're, they're open. Reason. So yeah. like, you know, um, on open threes, should um, you know, should Gabe Vincent be shooting sixty whatever percent? Probably not but he'll probably hit 45% of them, you know, which is
0: still you lose. That's still a you lose formula. So, Oh, believe me, Sixers fans know. I At one point, Gabe Vinson had had 20 points in his career, I believe, four times, and three of them were against the Sixers. Like, like this was like 2021, 2022. He is... Whenever he sees a Sixers jersey, he turns into Damian Lillard. So all the pain that you're going through now is everything that Sixers fans have gone through with the Heat for years. They're incredibly well coached. Jimmy has been incredible. He wasn't even that great in Game 3. It was just a collective effort in Game 3. Game 1 and 2, he was awesome. But Well, you forgot the biggest contributor. with that? Uh, Tyler Hero's hand. uh, Breaking. (laughs) Okay, we're going to get to that in one second. But I just want to say, uh, just about Miami, and and my frustration as a Sixers fan, and once again, I was coping, I was making jokes about Jimmy retiring to Florida, ah, the heat, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This was on my old account back in 2019, and I remember being like very mad that we didn't run the team back, because that was the thing that all Sixers fans wanted after the Raptor series, was run it back, run it back, run it back. And the one time the Sixers decided not to run it back
1: yeah. was
0: the time that they had one of the now I would say five. Like you, if you're considering the playoffs mattering more than the regular season, he's one of the five best players in the NBA. And yeah. I'd say one
1: of three at this point.
0: Yeah, I think it's like yeah, it's like oh god. Anyway. There's a pretty good case for one, by the way. <laughs> like I don't know about one, but but I still think you now- have to be. I still think you have to be dominant in the regular season in order to be considered That's the best. Good, fucking uh, Anthony,
1: uh, a Disney um, dying LeBron James and an assorted um, fucking second men. All right. Well,
0: we're going to see, we're going to see in the finals. Yeah. What happens? And we'll talk about the nuggets in a little bit, but right now, Jokic is one runner up for MVP back-to-back MVPs just got his team to the finals. Like it, all those things on a whole have to matter at some point if you're considered the best player in the world but back to jimmy butler we that offseason we i know he loves to say oh you chose to buy his Harris over me we didn't choose to buy his Harris. we could have paid both of yeah. them you kid lie but yeah go on we lo- jimmy loves to control the narrative it's a michael Jordan. Yeah. he is michael jordan's son he yeah. controls the narrative he does no. but he's so good that no one really cares no and- he's he's he's
1: he's created the perfect protagonist he's yes. he, yeah like right. he, he is the talented mr ripley like he, <laughs> like, like like just making up shit like like incredible. to
0: motivate himself and he because yeah. like it's funny i was obviously six friends we all hate al horford um yeah okay, and I'm- he did the timeout thing and then he got it back and of course loves to play that up so when Jimmy did the Tobias Harris over me thing last year, I was like, I was felt like I was going insane. Cause I was like, this is not what happened. Like, yeah, it was yeah, Ben yeah. Simmons. It yeah. was Ben Simmons and and to a lesser extent, Brett Brown. And Zach Lowe's talked about this on his podcast. Your own Weitzman wrote about it in his book, and yeah. Jimmy Butler's agent confirmed the story to him, <laughs> to the point where Bernie Lee, Jimmy Butler's agent, who is now funny enough, also Ben Simmons' agent, uh yeah. called called Josh Harris and was like, you're, he, by the way, always trust guys named Bernie is the, uh yeah. is the more of this story. Told Josh Harris he was breaking well, apart a champion. one notable exception there in mystery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were doing a bit for a second. And I did. And it's like, well, no, there's, some might say that there's the defining guy you can't trust. <laughs> um,
0: Oh, shout out to Bernie Madoff! Yeah. Oh my God. That was incredibly good. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Bernie would have won. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Bernie Lee calls, calls Josh Harris. and basically says, you're breaking up a championship core. You're going to ruin Joel Embiid's prime. You're going to ruin Ben Simmons because you're going to put Ben Simmons on the ball and he is not going to flourish in this role. He was right about everything, and he he told him that, and then Jimmy was disrespected when they didn't offer him the full match, which they 100% should have. Not not Obviously, in, in retrospect, it seems insane not to give him this five-year contract, which this would be the second to last year of that contract that he ended up basically getting from the Miami Heat anyway. But the most frustrating part about all this to me is that Josh Harris not offering that contract gave the Miami Heat a life raft. They like, job, yeah, like, they, were they were done, man. They were so done. Like, you can talk about Heat culture. You can talk about being in Miami. You can talk about them hitting on Bam and Hero and all that shit and, and undrafted guys and blah, blah, blah. None of it matters without Jimmy Butler. In the same way that none of what the Nuggets matter without getting Jokic in the second round. Like, these things all matter because they got one of the best players in the NBA – And a rival team let them take him when they didn't have fucking cap space to sign him outright. They helped a team that is one of their rivals get Jimmy Butler. And they would have been irrelevant. They might have been competitive. They would have been irrelevant for a decade. And my last point on this is that 2019 was the last offseason, the last offseason, that a top 15 player changed teams in free agency. You've had really good players since then. You've had DeMar DeRozan. You've had um, Jalen Brunson. You've had guys that get moved from team to team. But no, that offseason was KD, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler. And the Sixers handed the fucking Miami Heat this team. And now they might go on to win the NBA Finals because the Sixers literally just gave it to them. So if anything, like we've always, like Sixers fans love to harp on Mikhail Bridges, and Markel Fultz and all that shit, passing on Jason Tatum technically, which I don't even buy that they actually did. Uh, Even though they technically did, they would have not been able to get that pick if the Celtics thought they were going to take Tatum. But the only thing that matters is that 2019 offseason, how badly they fucked up. And if they never win a title, which they probably won't, it's going to be, one, because they let Jimmy Butler walk, and two, they made the wrong decision on every count. They could have traded him to the Rockets in a sign-and-trade, And they could have gotten back either Chris Paul, which would have been better than what we got, or they could have got Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and a bunch of picks. Like They made the most fucked up mistake that they've ever made as a franchise, and it turned the Miami Heat back into a relevant franchise, and now people are going to want to play there. They have the culture thing. They're going to make it to two finals. They've been to three Eastern Conference Finals. And they fucked it. So that's my rant. And I'm just like, it drives me fucking insane that we did this. I'm listening to Zach Lowe, and I'm like, this is torture for me. (laughs) Torture for you? Torture for me? Torture for me? Oh,
1: my God. Because like, while the Sixers might have created the Beast,
0: I don't know, man. We've gotten the the brunt of it. But you did beat them in the Easter Conference Finals at least one time.
1: Yeah, but, like, that barely mattered. That, that Like, the whole email run is just all full of, like, and I get that it's just people slandering, but it's just full of, oh, Chris Middleton was hurt, and Jimmy missed the three at the buzzer. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you yeah. can't, can't get out of it without that caveat. And, like, I always thought that was stupid, and, you know, what, maybe I'm wrong here. Like, maybe maybe we're owned. Maybe we are.
0: Uh, when the Houston Rockets make it to the Western Conference Finals next year. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine.
1: you'll see. I mean the, the the west, I don't know. Like I don't want to I don't want to continue. Nuggets fans must be I'm Nuggets fans public enemy number 1. They're going to yeah,
0: We're going to get to that.
1: That st- style on me. They're going to style on me pretty hard, but like I don't I reached I, I I'm not sure the, I'm still not sure the West is good. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> like well, I I'll put it like this. The Nuggets but, are a very good team. And yes. the Nuggets have one of the best players in the NBA. And then Jamal yes. Murray's playing, like, one of the best yes. players in the NBA right now, too. Yes. So that duo, <laughs> plus the fact that that team has, like, I've said all year, I like their one through six a lot. It's yeah. worth seven and eight where I start to get a little bit worried. But it hasn't mattered because the West does not – doesn't have great teams. But they did – they, did, they swept the Lakers – they took care of business. They oh, the only games that they've really lost are the games where Devin Booker shot fucking eighty five percent from the field. Like, yeah. what can you do? <laughs> yeah. like, that's a, that's a good point. And I mean, like, look, the
1: Miami Heat are great at uh, embarrassing the Celtics and then just completely letting go of the rope and sure. looking like dog shit. We have a, thank you, thank you to Jokic for preventing. If if the Heat beat us and then lost to a dog shit Lakers team in the finals, oh I would have I would have become the Joker if they just all of a sudden went back to shooting twenty two percent or whatever the fuck they were shooting all regular season. Like I that would have that would have drove me insane. So thank you for thank you to Nicole Jokic for taking that possibility off the board. Um, I I would not be shocked if all of a sudden the Heat went back to shooting like twenty two percent and just got annihilated
0: by the. Uh, I the, would be. I, I I I have to. I've been owned too many times. I I, I can't. I can't. Well, I I, I I all the logic in my brain says Nuggets are gonna kill them because they're just the yeah. better team. They have the best player. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't it, matter. Throw it out the fucking window, dude. Well, Pat Riley has made please, a I, fucking I, deal I, with I, the, the devil.
1: No, I mean that's the tweet I said today. Is like I could see like literally the Friday, what next Friday. What is that? June second. Where where. Well, you know, like, I mean, Nikola Jokic had an average game and, like, you can't count on Caleb Martin to have 32. Again. Uh, you know, Duncan Robinson isn't going to go five or six from three again. That's just, It's not sustainable.
0: And a million you, voices cry out. Uh, it really will be the uh, fucking, the phrase I could never remember, the Im- immovable object meets whatever yeah. force. Unstoppable with,
1: force, immovable object. Yeah, unstoppable
0: force, there you go. Uh, it really will be that Nuggets home court advantage in the altitude yeah. versus Miami Heat insane where Like, dude, they – okay, so first off, do you know the last time the Heat lost – speaking of home court advantage, do you know the last time that the Miami Heat lost a home game?
1: Um, Against it, – it has to be against the Atlanta Hawks in
0: the play. <laughs> yeah, in the play-in. Yeah. So, so funny. So a few things here. Yeah. This Miami Heat run, is satanic. Uh, it's
1: satanic. Like, like th- there's no other way around it. Because I'm seeing Heat fans. I, I just want to get this out of the way. Because Heat fans are
0: like, well, no, this is just them returning to the normal shooting that they do. And like, they were the number one three point shooting team in the league last year, okay. a year ago. But
1: also, they're like quoting the playoff stats, yeah. where like in the Knicks series, they shot like eighteen percent from. <laughs>
0: So it's like they shot it's, like thirty four percent. They weren't that bad, but yeah. But
1: they're like taking it. It's like taking their numbers. It's like making their overall number like thirty eight percent. And they're like, that's totally normal. That's <laughs> the most normal thing. And it's like in the Bucks and Celtics series, they're shooting like literally forty seven percent in those two series. <laughs> like yes, satanic shit, man. Really satanic shit. But anyway, you. I'm sorry, I cut you
0: off. No, no, a- you're you're right because it it, it is it it is quite like but but I just want to put the the Miami Heat run into context. I've talked about I tweet about it every time they win a big game and I go they almost fucking lost to the Bulls in the play. Like that that almost happened. They almost missed the playoffs entirely. But in retrospect could you imagine if you guys played them in the first round? Like we were like, "Ah, who gives a shit?" Like I don't care. Like whatever. Like this Miami team just isn't as good as they've been in the past. They're probably closer to that team that got swept by well, the Bucks. We would have swept them
1: because uh, Derek White hadn't shifted to full playoff Derek White mode yet. So you the oh, two true. Derek White games in the first two games to kind of carry them. Like, yeah, good
0: point. Yeah, and
1: then, and then once the, the Celtics are front runners, so once they're kind of feeling themselves and they're up to yeah. their business.
0: So I was going to say actually, the it did does JJ Redick call a game during that series would really be the. <laughs> Because he did call a game during the Sixer series, and all of a sudden, Derek White couldn't fucking play anymore.
1: <laughs> JJ, JJ, JJ Redick uh, explaining, uh, <laughs> just reading, like, uh, influencer diagnoses. Like uh, You might be, like, a, you, uh, you might be an empath if, and then, like, Derek White being, like, I am an empath. Time to shoot 18% from three.
0: He sees, um, he sees JJ in the booth, and it's like the end of a Saw movie when they're just putting all the pieces together in their brain, like what happened. I will say
1: this about Derek because I've I've been extremely rude to Derek about yeah. how bad he was last playoffs. He's been even with him being a like a little underwhelming in some of these series. He's been way better. If he played like this last year, we would have won the title. Like, uh, but I. Shout out
0: he, to him. He struggled sometimes though, dude. Like, he does, and, but the like a matchup is just impossible for him. Well, yeah, I mean, we're given that. I, I don't know. Like, I was talking with some people
1: about that. I was like, cause that matchup Cause here's the thing. You end up with Jimmy Butler taking a fucking baseline 12 footer like every time. But the thing is he literally makes it every time. <laughs> like, you know what I like, mean? like so that that's like that in itself is some like heat dark magic where it's like if Jimmy Butler is shooting a, a fall away 12 footer on the baseline, that should be a win from the defense. But I think he's like, he's got to be shooting like 81% on that specific shot. And I get part of it is height, you know, cause he can shoot over and a lot of times he's doing, taking that when there's a smaller defender on him, but this is like completely different from the Jimmy Butler in like previous heat series where he was just, a fucking monster at the rim and was just bullying people at the rim, getting to the line at will like, he'll still do that. But most of Jimmy's damage is these fucking Steve Nash probes and spraying it out to shooters and, you know, doing that other stuff. So I, I don't know, like, I mean, I I would just would like the Celtics to play better. I think is kind of the
0: the thing. Like, okay. I have to say, hold on the the. So I I streamed during Game Three of yeah the series, thinking that it would be. Competitive. I basically I thought it was going to be the Celtics coming back and winning, and very much was not that. And <laughs> the the funniest, most just ludicrous part of that game in my brain. Was the play when Duncan Robinson <laughs> got into the what's yeah. that? When he just cooked Jalen Brown off the dribble? <laughs> he cooked Jalen Brown and then he hit Bam for the lob. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? By the way, Bam Adebayo has been incredible in this series. He has really yeah. improved offense. His defense on on honestly, even on Tatum and Brown has been fantastic. Like he He's- is he's been really really good he's owned i mean i've caught him for bio before he's back to bubble bam like he, he him him and murray are are beating the allegations these playoffs Yeah, he's back
1: well it, it, he's been empowered by the chance that social spending might be cut with this debt ceiling talks
0: like like
1: he's 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 rallied he's very excited that we uh, entitlements are going to be cut down Finally, we're going to get back to work requirements for, you know, all those, all the frauds that are taking all the money at the bottom of the thing. He's Republican. Bam out of is back, baby. He's
0: it's true. Yeah. Ron DeSantis
1: is running his buddy from Florida. Yeah. He's he's now registered as a Democrat, but it's only a matter of time. He's going to be like a WWE when when like uh, Hogan came out and was the third man. Like he's going to come out in the donkey shirt and then rip (laughs) it
0: off. He's the third Republican. Oh, my God. NWO For NWO yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so He's leaving the NWO. That's like yeah. he's leaving it's the He's leaving true. Good point. Very good point. No, um, That was
1: that was Soy Bam out of bio we saw before when he was getting cooked. This is uh
0: Republican yeah. Bam out of bio. He's based Yeah, on... yeah, Chad Chad Bam out of bio, Lincoln Project out of bio.
1: Speaking of which uh, I tweeted about <laughs> registered Republican bam in a bio. Do, do you know that uh Riley has donated to both Jeb Bush and Mitt Romney?
0: No. Well, Jeb so, Bush, I guess, because he's a Florida guy.
1: Well, I I guess, but like the other thing is like, but Pat Riley like is able to sniff out losers. Like that's his like reptilian true power. Like. Yeah. How did he not know? Like I've never seen more powerful loser rating energy rating off of two guys than those two.
0: Especially Jeb Bush, dude. Like Romney. Okay, Jeb Bush can't even win a fucking primary, dude. Yeah. Like Pat, come on, man. Please clap. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're trying to say here is that he's an Alonzo Morning merchant. (laughs) (laughs) They always cut to him on the sideline. Alonzo Morning's there, and I'm like. He's just getting all the credit. I feel like he might be the yeah. one behind
1: this. I was going to say, Alonzo, in a just world, Alonzo will like be the, the Darth
0: Vader in waiting to fucking... Uh, <laughs> be, like... I, I, I'm still in shock by all of this. I'm still... First off, we talked about before the series, I was like, yeah, Spoh the best coach, but the talent gap is so big that how could he make up that he's just like... Nope, I'm gonna call a perfect game plan every game. Jimmy and Bam and all of our defenders will perfectly execute it every single fucking game. It's it's so demoralizing
1: to see that mic'd up segment in game one where Spo is like, look, just stop them from hitting threes. They're not gonna beat us if they can't hit threes. And, and like he just he literally just said that and they just did it. Like, <laughs> he's a demon. Like I <laughs> He's, he was like, oh, God damn it.
0: Like, I hate that he knew we were fraud. Like, I hate that he knew that. He's so- he knew he was licking his chops watching yeah. the-, in the Celtics series. He's probably like, we're going to get one of these frauds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the easiest game plan ever for him. Like, oh, God. He's like, all right, uh, take away the pick and roll from the Sixers. Take away the open threes from the Celtics. And they're done. They're done. They're out of here. <laughs> bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. 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 God, I will. I'm. I i do not know if I'll ever be able to forgive and beat and Harden for that. Um, we we're, we're. By the way, it's looking increasingly likely. Like uh, we're
1: we're entering a world where the New York Knicks have a uh, strong case to be the second best
0: team in the East. Oh no! <laughs> the... Oh, Jimmy missed one of those games though, so they yeah. really would have lost in. They probably would have lost in five. Yeah. Though so, well, Jimmy wrote the script that way. Yeah, Jimmy was hurt. Um, <laughs> You remember, Are, you remember of, Jimmy we, got hurt in. Uh, like 20- Jimmy gets hurt every playoffs. Yeah. It's so well, like, great. Still. What was the one? Amazing. You
1: know, last, it was last year that Jimmy was hurt. And like he came out in game one and he's like
0: fucking jumping like 30 feet in the air. I'm like, yeah, he's hurt all right. <laughs> he was, look, he was hurt and then he had like a 38 point triple double in game six in yeah. Boston. And I was like, wow, he looks great. Yeah.
1: Jimmy Butler taking a charge, and then one of the squibs from like a movie is when a guy gets shot, goes off, <laughs> borrowed from the theater department.
0: He got it from Wahlberg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, that's him and uh, him and someone said him and Grant Williams were just fighting over the affection of Mark Wahlberg because <laughs> <laughs> they both love Mark. E. Mark
1: Grant's not prayed up enough, he is not prayed up enough. It's true, he's, he's got to step done. it
0: up, he's got to get some alpha brain.
1: Have you um, seen? Did you see that video of Wahlberg with his giant crystal um, cross that he puts yeah. through and smitching it? Yeah, that's... He's a kid. That, yeah, that's a kid. Th- but that's what I'm saying. That's why he's friends with Jimmy. They're both, like, performance, like, weird. He's probably both splitting
0: players. his his Celtics versus his his boy. He's probably rooting for the Heat, let's be honest. Yeah, he's always oh, absolutely rooting for the Heat. Were you kidding me? Like, yeah. yeah. He oh. is a big Celtics fan. Yeah. Some well, of the best people alive are very sad, during the series, Mark Wahlberg, Dave Portnoy, Bill Simmons. Yeah. Ben Shapiro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Alan Dershowitz.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. When I when I when I ordered the the cameo where I was saying uh, of Dershowitz saying uh that he for Daryl Morey about the say, I had to like I had to uh, he went he almost said that he was a Celtics fan and ruined. It, it, cut that part.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Like,
1: I, I, I was gonna say
0: he's from like New Hampshire or something, right? I mean he's, he lives on Martha's Vineyard. Like Yeah, I was gonna say I thought he lived on Martha's Vineyard.
1: Yeah, so like, yeah. he like he, he, he's like gone to like a billion Celtics games. I mean, we we do have
0: the absolute yeah. worst fans. Yes, there's you do. Dana White us. is also dude. <laughs> there's, there's, the amount of pictures if you just Google celebrity Celtics fans, like all of them are on the flight locks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> I
1: will say, I will say this though. However, I will say this. However, uh, we're normal. The the the, the uh, us blue collar Celtics fans. We're normal. We're so regular fans.
0: Yeah, uh, we're gonna see. I, I don't even know why the Celtics want to win Game Four because if you go home and you lose Game Five, dude, dude, people are gonna be they're gonna be they it, their mind. they're gonna be down twenty and go, well. Also, we play
1: worse at home. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that was honestly, that's kind of why I thought we were gonna win Game Three. It's like, oh, finally we get we get to go to the court where we play better,
0: the road. Same. I was like, oh, they'll bounce back, and then I was like, oh no, oh 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 no, another extra three. Oh god. I was I'm- like, part of me, look, I would do anything. I would kill for an Eastern Conference Finals. But if we got to the Eastern Conference Finals and got swept, I might be throwing myself off of the fucking city hall over here. Well, at least it's not the team you hate the most,
1: and you weren't um, on the podcast saying, "I want the sweep. I want it more than anything in my entire
0: life." Yeah, Will did say Sam should have been more specific when he said the sweep. Yeah, that was that was a real monkey paw uh, moment. No, (laughs) no. All
1: right, so
0: we've given. We talked about the the, your prediction uh, or your analysis a year ago. When Tyler Hero got hurt, you were like, oh, the heater better without Tyler yes. Hero. Yes. I, I was so mad because everyone was like, well, the Heat are doing this without Tyler Hero. It's
1: like, they're fucking worse without Tyler Hero. <laughs> I need him back. Fuck. Like, that timeline is just like, can you imagine if he came back for game four? Oh, God. I, they I said I wanted... that he's
0: probably not even going to play in the finals. Oh, no. I mean, he probably could, but they're just like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's a few years ago. A lot of the times when you have these injuries, th- this actually happened with OG Ananobi a few years ago when the Raptors, The Rap- he, had, uh, he had his appendix removed. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember reports being like, he probably could return, but the Raptors were up in the finals and they were like, we've been gelling so well. Why even risk any throwing him out there or whatever? And then he just never played and they won the finals. So the Tyler Hero situations like that now, I, I remember saying a few months ago, and I had a Celtics fan push back on this, and I said on a stream I was like I feel like they're better without Tyler Hero because they just don't like you. They always would have two guys you could target. Like someone's someone said this on the stream the other night when I was uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was like they always have two guys you could target. I said last year I thought the team was better because you remove Hero from the rotation and you had Oladipo, Tucker, guys that were just like. I think Gabe Vincent is the guy who took his spot. What's that? I think Gabe Vincent's the guy who took his spot. Yeah, Gabe Vincent's another guy that, like, but this year, it, it makes less sense to me, even though someone did bring up the fact that you can target two defenders at any given time when those guys are on the court. But now he's being replaced with, like, Duncan Robinson and Kevin Love, who are targetable on defense, and it doesn't matter. Like, like, Love, love's been in and out of the rotation, but like Robinson has been totally fine on that end. And now they really have two guys in the entire rotation. They never play those two together. And, and they seem to be gelling in a way that I've just like, never seen a team who was bad all year gel. And also just hit a ton of shots. Like the Ewing theory is very strong with Tyler hero is, is is what I'm trying to get out here. And last year I thought it was just because of the defense, And the fact that he was bad on defense and they were replacing him with Gabe Vincent, who's pretty decent, and Max Strews, and uh, the switchable defenders in Oladipo and Tucker, and then you you just can't score against those guys. But this year they're playing bad defenders and they're still better without them. So I don't know.
1: I wish TNT, the broadcast maybe, learned this. I have a new worst thing a rapper has ever done. um, And this is the absolute worst thing a rapper has ever done is J. Cole telling the heat scouts that uh caleb martin was available that yeah they said that on the broadcast that like that was how he ended up in the heat system was fucking J cole what like i I, who was it it was um someone specific i think it was karam butler who's like an assistant coach jay cole Mm. was like oh yeah caleb martin's available you guys should give him a look and they brought him in for a workout, and that's like how this happens. Like, I want to
0: fucking die. I want to. I had a tweet from last year where I said photoshopping Caleb Martin into a Sixers jersey, and someone said, "Come on, you have this for every player, right?" And then I was like, "No, only the good ones that kill the Sixers. I know when a player is good. I mean, the Martin, and Caleb Caleb Martin both good. good. Yeah, they're both. They've both been good. Like that one, I'm like less mad about."
1: Can you imagine if the Boston Celtics had a chance to, like, have, like, Max Strus on the team or something like that?
0: like that? That would be insane. Yeah. Be- the biggest shock in history somehow did not happen. How did they not get Isaiah Joe? I said when we cut him, he's going to sign with the Heat and be a really good player for them. A movement shooter who can play on and off the ball. I'm like, this guy's literally built – and El- oh, he's great for Oklahoma City – I'm just thankful that they didn't get him because if he were going off in these playoffs, I would be beyond suicidal.
1: Don't worry. We've got two more years for him to do that for the Thunder. So
0: <laughs> yeah, Let's go. Yeah. When they win the West next year. Um, uh, hey, that's not crazy. I, I'm coming well, you're I'm are going to I'm you're gonna have to. Your your crimes, your crimes that you have committed against the Denver Nuggets are going to have to be owned. Now, I had a, a a Nuggets fan reach out to me and say Sam needs to own up to the fact that he and I I look, I didn't pick the Nuggets to win the West. I I said I thought they were going to for most of the season, and I cowardly you've, backed you've out. You've been you've been way less dismissive now. You've given no, them I, they're great. I, I've I've thought that they were a good. T- I thought that the last month I didn't really care about. I thought that they just kind of didn't give a shit down the stretch, and I thought that. Once again if Jokic just plays the way that he played for most of the regular season they're going to be great and he did and they walked their way through um, I still am not willing to admit that the West is that great but you play who's in front of you and they dominated a lot of teams and the the thing that the that that Bill the Nuggets fan that listens brought up was like you got to ask Sam about him saying he thought the Kings had a better chance to come out of the West than the Nuggets
1: I I I I mean I kind of I kind of stand by that. I I, no I still, way, come on. I don't know. I still don't know. Like well, you're I, wrong. Like, <laughs> if 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 that if the version of the Warriors that played against the Kings shows up against the Lakers, I think these playoffs are like very different. I'm willing to say I think the Nuggets still probably would have beaten either the Kings or the Warriors, probably in six. Um, you know I, I don't think it would have like gone seven or been that close at the end of the day, really. But, um, so I will, I will own up to that, but I also, I, I look, I also do want to say, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was on record saying that I thought the Nuggets were going to sweep the Lakers. Right.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think I, you said that, yeah, you, you did, you were, but by the time they got to the Western Conference you were like, they're going to be, you just, but that was, I felt like that was more like you finally admitted that the Nuggets were good, but also on top of that, The Lakers, you we just you thought they were frauds the whole time, and I'm right about both. (laughs) You were—I was going to say—you were right about the Lakers for sure.
1: But the the Nuggets are look. I mean, the Nuggets are better than I thought
0: they would be. You know, like, and I,
1: I I just, and it's again, it's the play someone in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still kind of waiting for them to play like a a a good team. I think the The Wolves like the the Miami Heat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. At this point, like, if, if they play the 20% three-point shooting Miami Heat, like, I'm going to be pissed. If they beat the Miami Heat, like, shooting, like, 37% or, so, or something from three, that's a legit, like, you know, that, that's really something. And I I think I would probably pick the Nuggets in a almost certain um Heat Nuggets. Style. I'm really trying to get the reverse jinx going. I'm very sad that uh i'm very sad that rob desantis didn't bite on my uh my my asking him to get a let's go heat um i need to get some i need there needs to be someone who can convey some loser energy i might try jeb bush before the game. hit him up yeah call him up um
0: hey.
1: i know i might look like the guy who took that picture of you in the cvs uh who uh looking at the van um that don't worry about that uh
0: I forgot that you had a fucking. You took a picture of Jeb Bush when he locked his fucking keys out of his. In no, his car, hold on, right? hold on. If anyone who's affiliated with the Bush family, no,
1: I did not. That's an account that no longer exists anymore. Oh, true. Never mind. Yeah, but please don't. Uh, please don't sue me. Someone entirely
0: different. All right, I'll edit this part out. No, um, you can leave it. You can leave it. Okay. It was definitely not Sam. Just someone. It was who not was I can't, I can't. I still can't believe that dude. That was incredible. Um, okay, so last thing on the Nuggets here. Yeah. Nuggets. Um, and I Sam from Light the Light Years podcast
1: mm-hmm.
0: brought this up, and it was a good point. And he basically talked about how the playoffs are all about matchups, yeah. and how the fact that. The things that the the Nuggets have always struggled with, with uh, like the Warriors, for example, right, yeah, is the fact that they they force Jokic to defend in space, which actually, by the way, his defense has actually been pretty good for most of the playoffs. Yeah. He's had like one or two games where he's been kind of shitty, but most of the games he's really stepped up on the defensive end. It also it also kind of seems
1: in bead like where it's, it just kind of seems like he gets worn down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? When he is bad, you know, like
0: it,
1: it, I, I think it's more about. It's less about him like not knowing what he's doing and more just him being tired, you know. And like, his
0: conditioning is also just really good. Like he played forty-five minutes last night. Like his conditioning yeah. when he wants it to be can be really fucking good. And I, I just want to say Sam brought up the fact that they always made Jokic guard in space and they had elite shooters. And then you reverse that and you go to the fact that Anthony Davis is actually really good at guarding in space and that's what kind of fucked the Warriors up was that he was a big who could switch sometimes Mm -hmm. and play on some of their shooters that they're not used to a guy with that length and and foot speed and then you reverse that back to Jokic is just destroying Jokic and Murray were just destroying them because they like AD cannot handle that matchup like they they switched it to Rui and LeBron at a point so that he could just hang in space but like the, Murray and, and Jokic can score from any part of the court like they can get downhill they can they can run their two-man action they can hit threes they can score from the mid-range like Jokic and Murray both hit some insane circus shots and made it look like it was fucking nothing in this series I will say the games were a lot closer than I like that was a sweep but it was kind of like the Celtics net series last year we talked about oh, yeah. where, like the games were still pretty close like it wasn't like they dominated them the whole time, but anytime that the Lakers would like get a lead, or eat, like they had the refs on their side in game three, and they still couldn't pull it off. And anytime that it looked like there was an ounce of hope for the Lakers, the Nuggets would just step on their fucking throat and take the game over. And that's why, I, I, logically, I, I think they're going to win the finals. Like they don't lose at home. They have the best player in the NBA right now. And then on top of that, like with Murray playing the way that he's playing and all their role players kind of falling into place very nicely around those two, it's it's going to be really hard to beat them. But I have to throw all that out the window. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing.
1: And I will I will take a big fat enormous owl because I do remember Nuggets fan did remind me I said this during our uh, war, war uh, trade machine war crimes podcast. I said that I would trade Jamal Murray for OG and an um, Very bad.
0: Correct. Oh. I, I'm I'm extremely owned. I, I think. even underestimated Jamal because I think I yeah. said before the playoffs that maxi's is like the same kind of player, and he's he's way yeah. better than Maxi right I, now.
1: I, I will. I was always a huge Jamal guy. I was just really worried that he would not be the same guy after the injury. But him being back, you wanted the Celtics to draft him. Oh, I wanted the Celtics to draft him that draft, yeah. the Alen yeah. Brown draft. I really wanted yeah. Jamal Murray. Yeah, like I, I've always been a huge Jamal Murray guy. Like, um. But I just was, like, really worried about the injury, like, which is why I was slanderous. Him being back changes – that's the biggest thing for me. That changes everything because, like, that is a legitimate, like, top, top, top top-tier playoff performer you're putting next to Jokic. And that, like, really – that really changes the calculus,
0: so – even though we'll, Jokic isn't carrying the scoring load, he has someone that he can pass it off to. And like Jokic is always gonna affect the game in some way, but like that that really eases the burden on him and makes him even better sometimes later in these games when he can kind of like save his energy.
1: Yeah, hand down, man down. That one was really bad. Um, I a hundred percent do not stand by that. <laughs> Jamal Murray's goaded. Um he's on yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been really, really good. But um yeah, so we'll talk a little bit more about the finals when we get to the finals. I still cannot believe the Miami Heat, um, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the week. Um, but let's get to some slot. We have some slot that has popped up. And I think the number one slot thing that we have to lead off with is, I I don't buy it, but do you think that Le- LeBron's little retirement thing was, uh, was cap, or do we think that he is really considering it?
1: That's the uh that's the um cocked gun at the uh at the forehead of uh Polenka telling him you will get Kyrie. Like yes. is what I think that is, you know. So that's that's to get them like more help. That's that's LeBron kind of Doing theater kid shit, um, he like Jimmy Butler, theater kid. Um, you know, this is.
0: Oh, I might story. retire. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. I might go out on. Oh, you know. Uh, yeah, my son, uh, my son just signed at USC, and I've only got to make it one more season to play with him in the NBA. and the, ah. the thing that I've said is my goal for like uh, two years, but I might. Who, who knows? I might go play for the Spurs. You never know. Like, uh,
0: I do have a theory. Yeah. My theory is that all that shit that LeBron said about his son and wanting to play with his son wherever he ends up mm-hmm. was all to boost his son's uh, draft stock. Absolutely. Yeah. And that draft is so bad. And LeBron, Bronny's good. Like, Bronny's just a good prospect now. Yeah. So, like, I don't think he needs that anymore. Like, he's going to probably go in the lottery even without LeBron. So, if that is the case, I think LeBron's kind of been like, all right, I did my job here. And I think that it's possible. Maybe he plays one more year with his son in two years from now. I think he's definitely going to do next year. As many people brought up, there's no way he's not going to do a retirement tour. Like, like LeBron is like, he loves the spotlight. He's going to do the whole last dance thing. Like he's going to have something. I think that this was maybe the beginning of it. And I think that it is certainly to put some pressure on the Lakers front office because they still technically could bring back Austin Reeves. Bobby Marks talked about it on the low post. They could bring back Austin Reeves, work out a sign and trade for Kyrie Irving, and then still have access to like one of their exceptions, which would be like seven or $8 million. And at that point, like you got a really good top four. And then you're just hoping to find guys on exceptions and minimums and shit like that. You're basically doing what you did with the rust thing, but Austin Reeves being there changes it a little bit for me because the fact that like, He's pretty good. Like he's a very good fit with that team, and like, and they've they've kind of like low key, they've kind of fucking killed
1: it with the scrap heap finds. Like over. not to the extent the Heat have, but like yeah. really fucking good. Like Rui Altamore is a player now. Like, yeah, he's good. Yeah, like yep. you know, Walker's a real fucking player now. Like, yep. you know these. You know, uh, Trey Troy Weaver is, is is crying, screaming, and throwing up like the the, the second draft guys that the Lakers are making.
0: Up. <laughs> it's so true, yeah. Malik Monk. Like, yeah, they could they crush those signings, and then they also low key hit on second round picks and undrafted guys a lot. Austin yeah. Reeves, Alex Caruso. Caruso, Yeah, we'll see <laughs> what happens with Max Christie. Even Taylor Norton Tucker, like, had value for a second, second round. Yeah, second round pick, like. Like, they, they hit on a lot of these guys. Larry Nance was a second-round pick for them. Jordan Clarkson.
1: I think he was a first-rounder, but very late. Very late,
0: though. Oh, wait, they traded for him, didn't they? Yeah, from the Cavs, I think. Or no. Oh, no, it was the other way around. They, they didn't draft, draft, but he didn't draft, draft Jordan, Jordan draft Clarkson. Did they?
1: Eighth, I think, that draft.
0: Wait, did they draft Jordan Clarkson?
1: Yes, he was a second-round pick. Okay. He was a second-round pick, yeah. That's Larry name. Nance was a late first. Yeah. that's still- Josh Hart. Josh Hart, yep, there you go. That's another one. They, that's another late first Kuzma. They don't, they don't need yeah, it's Kuz, or Kuz, yeah, Kuzma's the late first. Like th- that's what I'm saying. Like you don't really need. That's like the biggest boon in the NBA, and that's kind of why I'm not too worried to go back to the Jalen Brown thing. Being top heavy is not the worst thing in the world. Like that's why I kind of believe in the Suns once they, they've got a full offseason to get this figured out. Like I think that model works of stars, and then you just try and. Mix and match until you find a good guy. Like, you know, sure. like I, I think that can work. And I think the Lakers, the Lakers could be a better team next year. Like, absolutely, I think,
0: like, sadly, quietly, sadly. Yeah. I was going to say the Lakers could be pretty good, especially if they get Kyrie. The, yeah. the other thing, it's funny you bring that up because I was like, every playoffs, we do this thing and I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it, where we take these like isms and these like absolutes from this run from the Miami Heat means this in the playoffs and this run from the Celtics or the Nuggets means this in the playoffs and last year the big thing was like you can't play small guards in the playoffs because the wings and da 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 and now I'm watching Gabe Vincent and Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox and Jamal Murray and Tyrese Maxey and all these guys who are just fucking good at basketball be pretty fine for most of the playoffs if not great for some of these guys and I'm like, okay, maybe that was a bit of an exaggeration. I think that the, it's funny you brought up the stars and scrubs thing because I think that people are going to think that they can recreate the Miami Heat model, and it's just not recreatable. Like, you're not you're not going to hit as much as you can. The Lakers are probably the second best at this, and I think the fact that they they have real stars will probably help them. They're really good at scouting. They're really good at getting those – Guys, later, but it is going to be really, really tough to build that. You might get it for a year or two, but for a sustainable model, I see. I don't know. I, I, I might guess disagree. it depends how good the star is, too. Yeah.
1: Well, I might disagree with you a little bit there because I think part of the thing is you just have when you have guys just kind of on your bench absorbing. When you're desperate, you you roster churn. You know, you, sure. you see a lot of guys. A lot of guys come through the door. Like, how many guys have played for the Lakers in the last like? five or six years like a a ton yeah and same thing with the heat like i think it's less about those teams they're definitely good at it but i think there's also a huge component of it that is just having the roster spots and the roster churn to get a look at all of these guys and you get to kind of figure out who do you like you know like once the Boston celtics like had signed sam hauser you know they got to get they got to like find sam hauser but then immediately they had fucking Gallinari on the team in suits all the time. And Blake Griffin is there as the fucking, you know, uh, I don't know, the the bus dad or whatever the fuck he calls himself. Like, this is like, like you lose what last year Celtics had, which is after the Derek White trade, when they sent all the guys out, they had a bunch of open roster spots and they could kind of like churn in some of these other guys and. You know, I think that's part of it. And again, why I think maybe I'll be owned on this, but I want to put my flag down that I think the Phoenix Suns are going to be a lot better than they were this year because they're going to have a full offseason to like kind of figure some of this shit
0: out. And like well, that's funny to me because I actually look at them and I'm like, they kind of did that though. Like not, not to say they hit on everyone, but like Jock Landell was certainly a hit. Yep. Uh, Josh Okogie in the regular season was very good for them uh, Tory Craig was good in some capacity, especially in the first round of this playoffs. The thing is finding sustainable guys that fit around your stars that can also play in the playoffs is, is the big thing. And maybe that's why they fired Monty and they want to find a coach. That's more like has more of a system that they can plug and play. Even though I actually kind of like Monty's system for what they did. It was just, he might've lost the locker room too. So, well, you
1: know, they've got to be getting ready to play with Rob Williams and Marcus smart next year. Um, Celtics tougher. gm bill simmons has been on the phone with matt ishbia yeah and he's he's bringing in um the guy guaranteed to make the celtics tougher uh that is of course deandre with the guy who and- literally did no showed the last
0: phoenix sun game of the year so uh both of them like didn't yes. play in the last one this year and then last year he was benched in the second quarter of that game because he was complaining by the coach and uh i do just want to throw out there uh future it's going to be a great culture in phoenix next year with rob smart and future head coach doc rivers who threw his name his his uh hat into the ring today according to jake fisher They will be him and isaiah thomas running the show next year i i will say
1: doc would fucking love marcus
0: smart like first off doc would love marcus smart but doc would also love fucking phoenix dude you know how many golf courses are in phoenix yeah, you posted this. You said there's like 40, right? It's, there's like 400 or <laughs> something. No, no, it's not that much. He's, it's like 150 or something.
1: He could go to a different golf course every day of the offseason. And he, two different ones on every day of the
0: week, <laughs> on every workday. Yeah, he's like, going to love it. And it's not far from LA. Like He can go back to Bel Air Country Club anytime he wants. Like Doc Doc, Doc was built 200. It's 200 golf courses in Phoenix. That's perfect. So God. there you go.
1: Let's lock that in right now. Like that—that is—that is a done
0: deal. Done deal. Yeah. So, uh, before we move on to the coaching stuff, because I do have a few coaching notes here. Yeah. Um, Trey Young to the Lakers. What? That was the jo- Jovan Van Bua uh, reported that today that the Lakers are interested in Trey Young. Is this an Anthony Davis for Trey Young trade, or w- how could they get Trey Young? I don't. I mean, you'd think it'd be with the
1: same package they would supposedly be using to sign and trade for Kyrie Irving, right? But that's a different situation. Yeah. Even with, like, the way that Trey Young's played. Trey Young had, like – he was, like, really bad in some playoff games. He was also really fucking good in
0: some playoff games. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, is, like, are they really going to – if they move on from Trey? I guess you could do worse than Anthony Davis. But, like – Yeah. But, like, that's the only situation. There's no way it's Austin Reeves and – Rui Hashimura signed in trade. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Like, yeah. it, 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 I I don't buy that rumor at all unless they're really just done with AD because they want They Honestly, the reason that you would make that trade if you're trading Anthony Davis is because you're going, LeBron's not going to be available that much next year. And we need a guy who's just reliable. And like, say what you will about Trey Young's game, but he does play a ton of fucking games. So that's, that's the one part of it that you could... Uh, yeah, you, you well... Control.
1: Yeah. Or if you think, if you've like seen Anthony Davis's medicals and you're like, this is a car that will go at any second. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have,
0: what is Anthony Davis have like two years left on his deal? Something like that. Yeah. I was okay. gonna say, it's, not, it's not much. And then Trey just signed his extension. Uh, I think it literally just, it was his first year of a four-year extension. So he has three years left. Anthony Davis's contract has I believe it's one one year or two years left after this no it's it's one year and then oh no it's a team option on the last year yeah. so yeah it's yeah so technically it's two but yeah Now that's so that, doesn't make, that a lot of, doesn't make a lot of sense to me but like you just got to the western conference finals and I know that you like once again maybe the medical thing maybe the availability thing but like I certainly wouldn't turn around and be like let's trade the guy who was just our best player on a conference finals team. It doesn't really make any sense to me. I would at least see what
1: happens. Like let yourself get smacked in the first round
0: before you do anything drastic. So, yeah. And like, look at my, my trade machine war crimes. I did for Anthony Davis six months ago when I was like, does he have any value because he's just injured all the time. And I was trading like Deandre and Jay Crowder and a first round pick for him. And we were like, this is okay. Okay. And now we're like, you wouldn't trade Anthony. It's, it changes every six months. Like, you never fucking know. Yeah, it depends on where his health's at. You know, like exactly.
1: If he's on a bad streak, he looks like he might not be worth anything. With if coming
0: off a run like he just had in this playoffs, he looks like one of the fifteen best
1: players in the NBA.
0: So, and you could have bills uh, Embiid for a D trade that he's been pushing. So there's that too, which I would not do. I mean, I'm just like I, we already have enough. Like, oh, is he going to stay healthy? Things at least Joel Embiid's going to play 60 that's, regular season games. That's just inviting an Andrew Bynum curse to like appear. exactly. 100%. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trading for Lakers Bigs anymore. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, all right. Next, next thing on here we have is the James Harden shit is never ending, but there was an article by Kelly Ico today from. The Athletic, who reported that not only are the Rockets interested in James Harden, who they have made their number one target, apparently. I, this is the first time I'm hearing this. They've made him their number A wonderful one. lady. He was a great guy, James Harden. Blue jean, baby. <laughs> Game one for Uno. I'll never forget it. Uno.
1: Well, it was a wonderful woman. A wonderful woman, Uno. <laughs> Um, so uh, somebody should bring this up that yeah, Houston is aggressively uh, after I've
0: never heard of it before, I've never like, heard it. Barely a thing, but uh, they are pursuing in addition to James Harden. If they don't get James Harden, I'm assuming that this one is there, they also might pursue Chris Paul this offseason. <laughs> like, what? what is happening with that organization? poor Zion, man. <laughs> like, shout out Zion. to our, Oh, Zion. Zian. I thought you meant Zion Williamson. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was, yeah our Rockets fan.
1: Friend. Our Rockets fan mutual. Uh, that, yeah. uh, and I, I don't want this. I don't want this for that franchise. I mean, I don't know. Like maybe if you, maybe you want to bring in Chris Paul because you want to open up some roster spots and having Ime Udoka and Chris Paul on the same team would make you want to kill yourself. If you're a young player, Yeah. Like, like, absolutely berating you and, like, wanting to self-harm is, is, is the plan to be able to sign some veterans or something like that. So right. that's the only reason I could think of why they would want to bring Chris Paul in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, I think that uh, if you want to really do the full-on boot camp, scared straight, with the Houston Rockets, have Yudoka and Chris Paul lead the charge, mm-hmm. I'll say this much. I actually said this earlier. If the option is what, what what Windhorse has reported, which is an insane contract that I've heard, not I have not heard from sources. Kyle Newbeck said that he thinks uh, that the Sixers would never give James Harden that five-year, $200 million contract that he wants. If that is the alternative to getting Chris Paul and I'm the Rockets, I'd rather just have Chris Paul. Like, one year with Chris Paul at $30 million, or maybe he gets bought out and then you sign him for even cheaper with your cap space that sounds way more appealing to me than paying James Harden the max at his age yeah. and, and and really potentially having a, a disaster potential with that contract and like having like I don't know what's worse for your what what's what's better for your culture James Harden doing whatever the fuck he wants or Chris Paul doing whatever the fuck he wants in in the opposite way. Right. But here's the thing, though. The fact that
1: there have been James Harden rumors means that that doesn't fucking matter to the Rockets. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, all this stuff is clear. That's why Universal across around the league, everyone was like, what the fuck? When, like, that dropped on Christmas. Like, why would that happen? Because it makes no fucking sense for the Rockets, for James Harden, for anybody, except for uh, James Harden living a cool lifestyle. Which, (laughs) I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, uh, disparage him for that that's fucking sick you know like if you want to do that that well, okay do it but i just don't understand why i would want that if i'm the houston rockets and the fact that it just keeps popping up means that uh they're it seems like they're hardest kind of set on this
0: so yep um so so at this point it does feel as though the, the Rockets are exploring, like, all the... In that article, uh, Kelly also said the, the Rockets could explore trying to trade up to the second pick. So, if that's the case, they're definitely going after... I mean, I would hope they're going after Scoot Henderson, not Brandon Miller. Um, another great culture guy, potentially, Brandon Miller. Uh, but... I, Maybe they're If they move up to two to try to get Scoot, then that makes Harden and, and, and Chris Paul less likely, unless they're just completely reconfiguring the team. So Houston's going to be an interesting team. At some point, I'll have to do a full playback stream on them, which I'm going to be doing, and, and just talking about different teams off-seasons. They're going to be one of the teams that I focus on because they're just so interesting to me, what they can do with this pick, with their young guys, who's going to stay, who's going to go. I ultimately think, like I said, I'd rather have Chris Paul on that one-year deal and just, like, have a normal point guard that's just, like, running the show and getting Jalen Green the ball where he needs to be and all the shit that everyone's ever talked about with the Rockets and how they literally just need, like, a normal-ass guy running the show. Whereas, not that Chris Paul's the most normal, but, like, just, like... The, the downside of that Harden contract, if I'm the Rockets, like I'm glad the Sixers aren't interested because that, that would be psychotic to pay him that much at his age and 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 like the, the, the potential downside of all that. But uh, also here, once again, to remind Sixers fans, there's really no benefit to the Rockets doing a sign-and-trade with the Sixers unless they incentivize them. So if you do have that in your mind still, just remember, unless they're doing the Sixers a favor, which I don't really know, maybe Harden wants them to, uh, I don't see that happening. It's either Harden goes there. Jonathan Wasserman said the same thing that he's probably just going to go there and sign in uh, in free in free agency. I, I really just think that they're just going to try to find a, a road to cap space if uh, by dumping the Tobias Harris contract if Harden leaves. But last thing on here that we have is coach slot, which is Nick Nurse, our guy. The actually I've. Sickly, talked myself into Nick Nurse as the Sixers head coach.
1: I was gonna say Celtics fans are getting there. Is creeping fascism coming to the NBA?
0: In our, our... it's back, baby. Yeah. Um, So right now we have Nick Nurse is being courted by the Milwaukee Bucks. He apparently is seemingly their number one choice it sounds like the phoenix suns and he's already interviewed for the sixers job now the sixers the sixers are kind of in a weird spot right now because they've interviewed Vogel they've interviewed Nick Nurse but they don't know what's going to happen with Doc Rivers yet and it's kind of this coaching musical chairs here where like the suns want Nick Nurse but if they don't get Nick Nurse they might hire Doc, but the Sixers are going to have to pay Doc's salary if he doesn't get a job. So they're in a situation where because they're waiting just to see if Doc gets hired elsewhere, they might lose out on Nick Nurse, who might be who apparently is Daryl Morey's guy. And he wants him. That's what Mark Stein says, which I don't know. Mark Stein gets shit wrong all the time, especially about the Sixers. But that's the only thing that's been reported. If you're... First off... If you are the Bucks, the Sixers, the Suns, do you think Ner- – I think I kind of – weirdly enough, I kind of think – here's my pitch on why I think he's the best coach for these teams. You already know what you're getting with all the other retreads that we talked about. Yeah. Nurse at least had a situation in Toronto where there was a clear disconnect between the front office and what he wanted to do. Everyone jokes about, oh, he plays players too much and stuff. Go back and look at the minutes from the 2018-2019 team. When he had depth, he played guys. He just clearly didn't like the Raptors' depth and was like, I'm not going to play these players who I don't like. So there was clearly a disconnect there. And then in addition to that, I think that the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Suns are very much in like, we need to win the title next year or the year after or we're fucked. Mm-hmm. And if you hire Nurse and everything goes poorly – well, it was your hail mary attempt anyway, especially for the Sixers, because Joel Embiid might ask out in a year from now if you don't fix it, and I, I kind of think that's why I would fucking consider doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nurse kind of strikes me as one of these coaches who like wears out their welcome in like three years, but sure. like get three years of like a really good team out of it. So, yeah. if you're like you just said, if you're one of these teams that has expectations for right now like the suns like the sixers like the bucks like that's fine like you know why not like go ahead knock yourself out fascism is back baby <laughs> so the so- trains are going to run on time and, and <laughs> this is that the, the the mussolini the mussolini sixers are, are here
0: let's go dude yeah south yeah. philly baby italian <laughs> yeah South Philly Italians. Hey,
1: fascism! Hey,
0: Mussolini he was a great guy. They hung him upside down for what? Hey, there is no mob. That's why we hate the fucking communists.
1: Yeah. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they finally, they finally got someone to go after gritty. Got a friggin' socialist walking along. This friggin' anarchist. He's orange walk well, up and down broad screen like he's a big
0: fucking tough guy. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's my thing is if you're a team that is desperate and needs to win now, Nurse, like you said, you're probably going to have – he's probably going to wear out his welcome because he's a stubborn asshole. But if you – like I, I, I've kind of said it like this, and once again, the Sixers are turning me into a boomer because yeah, yeah. we've had two really nice coaches – who get along, not that I mean Doc's kind of an asshole, but like a playful asshole. Like I think all the players liked him. He's like a politician, you know. He's like, a politician, yeah. yeah. Brett was like, I'll be your best friend kind of coach. Yeah. And now I think we someone said, someone tweeted at me, the slow descent into fascism mapped out by the Sixers head coaches, and it was Brett Brown, Talk and Nick Nurse. And that's that's really how I feel about this. Is like We've tried, like, Joel can do whatever he wants. We've tried whatever. Nurse is – I know people don't think of him as an offensive coach, but he does have an offensive background. Like, he made – he at least was part of helping Fred Van Fleet become an all-star. We need Tyrese Maxey to grow into a big role, especially if James Harden leaves. If James Harden leaves, I'm almost like you need to get Nick Nurse because we need a coach that will at least have potential to help to try to make Tyrese into an all-star – so that they can contend in the next two or three years because otherwise you're, you're kind of fucked. And I, I look at the other coaches as like Vogel's a defensive guy. Um, uh, Monty is more of a, you know, he has a system, he has some offensive stuff, but he's apparently, apparently Monty and Bud are both going to take the year off is, is what has been floated out there by James Edward of the athletic and why they haven't been interviewing for jobs is because, They're both getting paid next year. So they're probably just gonna take the year off and then come back in in the coaching search next year. So like I don't really think the candidates are particularly good and you need to get you need to nail this higher. Like if you go for an assistant and they are a Joe Missoula, you're fucked. Well, I will say this
1: though. Like Joe Missoula is kind of an outlier just how fucked up that Celtics like you know, situation was on short notice. You know, sure. He's second row Joe for like a reason. Like he was like literally like the last assistant coach because everybody else got fucking jobs that offseason. Yeah. Um so, you know, I I I you know think about other like relative unknowns who have like been hired out of nowhere. Um like there have been a lot of good ones. Like Chris Finch. Like usually they're good. Kenny Addison yeah. um like guys getting their first chance are rarely like fall flat on their face. Like I think yeah. what, what are some of the only ones that are like guys that are hired like that to preside over tank jobs are like
0: some of the only times that fails. Like Stephen. That's a Like yeah, it's like Stephen Silas, like you said. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like so, I think like I don't know. I, I think I almost kind of want if the Celtics do fire Joe Mazzulla to just kind of do what they did with it. You may do a search again. Like, go find another guy who has a clear vision, who sure. like wants a wants a chance, and give him a chance to like build the team from the ground up. You know, like I don't, I mean, I don't know.
0: Get Chris he's Quinn from the Heat. He's he's supposed number one guy. That would be awesome. Steal some devil magic. Well, that was what uh, – there was
1: like a conspiracy theory going around Reddit that uh, Emeo Doka gave the Heat all the all the Celtics
0: stuff. <laughs> Hear the intel. Celt- well, Joe Mazula uh, gave him all the stuff. What are you talking about? He put his scouting <laughs> reports online. Yeah, he's,
1: he's on Quizlet uh, asking uh, how to beat Miami Heat. <laughs> how to stop my second best player from not knowing how to dribble.
0: <sighs> he. I have to say, though. One of the things I really do like about uh, the the fact that they could get Nick Nurse, speaking of scouting report stuff, yeah. someone posted a, first off, someone posted, they've been, re- Francis Zomes, who's a big Sixers Twitter guy, posted a, uh, he's been reading Nurse's book because that's just what he does. Like, he's just like, I'm going to read his book and like learn about it, whatever. So in this thread, he had a tweet that nailed the Joel Embiid situation perfect. He just nailed Joel as a player and he was talking about how great Joel is and how talented he is. But the the Raptors famously kind of stumped him uh, time and time again throughout his career. Like even in the regular season when Joel's like really, really good. And this, I'm going to pull up the, um, I'm going to pull up the tweet, but he basically said, Joel is like an incredibly talented player who has great, you know, uh, great footwork, amazing touch for his size. He said, He's monumentally gifted player, massive at seven feet, two eighty, with great strength and quickness, unusually nimble footwork for a man that big and a nice shooting touch. But he also plays off emotion. Listen, Embiid's a different player if he doesn't get a good start. He rides the crowd for the first five minutes until they sub him out. Every time he catches the ball in the post, we're sending everybody. We're not letting him get a shot off. And that is exactly what that's a good fucking read of what Joel is as a player. If Joel can get cooking early in a game, he's going to ride that momentum and he's going to have a great game. If you can do what Al Horford do, did to him in the first quarter of a game, he's going to kind of phone it in for the rest of the game. And I was like, that's a great fucking, I'm like, I, I want to hire him literally just based on this quote about Joel indeed.
1: I can't believe you heard it here, folks. Um, Trill endorsing
0: fascism. Um, yes uh this is this is why this is this is literally the reactionary f- sports fan to fascism pipeline <laughs> yeah. well
1: the, i we've said you know we're the yes. Nazi podcast we said nothing about fascists though <laughs> like Nazis bad yes. fascists
0: wow, let's hear about <laughs> no no, B- no maybe but, like, but in all seriousness yeah i I've, j- I've joked about this before but i understand I understand why people use people's emotions to make them not act logically because yeah. we do it with sports all the time. Like I'm sitting here, like after Game Seven, like blow it all up, and it's like the, the NBA kind of sucks right now. And like, like yeah. you said, if you just kind of hang around, you might get lucky one year. Yeah. So after
1: Game One, I like or after Game Three, I was like, you, ha-
0: you like Joe Missoula can't
1: get on the bus. Let Marcus Smart. Clear- <laughs> And now today I'm like, you know, if you have Vogel take care of the defense, he is a pretty good offensive coach. You know, like, man, so it's just a real serious cope over here.
0: Yeah. Uh, but once you calm down, you're like, it will be fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about uh, it. That, that 100% is accurate. Yeah. Uh, okay, before we get out of here, two things in the comments. Brian said the same logic around the heat being better without Tyler hero is the same logic as to why the Celtics could be better without Jalen Brown. How do you respond to the accusations?
1: uh, Well, I know Brian's been going through it because Brian and I are on the Celtics fan text. (laughs) Um, We, we will survive, Brian. We will get through this. I I think you, I think we will, uh, we will say Brian has taken the doom pill. Um, I will say, I'm willing to entertain it more than I was before because this is, this is what I, this is what I think of as happening to Jason Tatum. And usually what happens is Jalen Brown is kind of the steadying force, you know, but just this, but this happened last year against the heat too. Like the heat just have Jalen Brown's number. Like, so Jason Tatum's got to be better. Um, You can't have him. You've got to kind of not, play through him as much and the Celtics are just like no we can play however we want um, we'll just play the normal way that we play and it's like no you can't like I, I don't know we didn't I guess we don't well this is not a Celtics podcast, so we didn't want to touch on all that stuff but like I did you hear the thing uh, like did you catch that Zach also reported that the Celtics players were You heavily applied the Celtics players were the ones pushing for Rob in the starting lineup yes yeah I'm well, hearing that.
0: obvious. They yeah.
1: started in the press conference. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I think that's just kind of, like, what it is. It is very funny because a lot of the Celtics fans who, like, really stand Derek White and, like, think Rob's, like, a dumbass are like, why are the players saying <laughs> It's very funny.
0: And also, weirdly enough, like Zach said, he caught it from the jump that was going to be a big Rob series. And uh, they waited until yeah. they're backward against, against the wall to make the adjustment. And he
1: was, he was. I thought uh, Zach kind of owned me there because I thought that was stupid. I was like, "No, yep. I, like this is the Rob. This is the series that Rob matters the least." But,
0: um, you want to play him in the non-inb minutes and whatever, yeah. but he actually turned out to shut yep. it down. The Sixers couldn't really overcome once they couldn't score once Rob was was playing more minutes, especially with the double bigs. So, uh, um, there is one more thing I forgot about here. Yeah, you might have missed this in in the slot. But the Toronto Raptors interviewed Steve Nash for their head coaching position, and were apparently very impressed. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Let's go! go, Eric Spolstra, please retire, and we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll clone Steve Nash, and we'll have him coach the Raptors and the Heat. God damn it. I I mean,
1: so here's the thing. I don't know that Steve Nash is a bad coach. Like, honestly, like, because he just came into that situation where his pitch for coaching the Nets was, I'm friends with these guys. They won't get
0: (laughs) Like, Oh, yeah, I'm boys with KD. Yeah, like, that's like, that was the entire pitch. And, like. I think he's a pretty bad coach when they fired him and then they literally were like, all right, let's make two adjustments. And then they, until the team fully blew up, they they were one of the best teams in the NBA. But I think that, you know, like, look. I think that's
1: kind of – how much of that is the guy being a bad coach and how much of that is we're fucking sick of this guy. Can we have someone else? You yeah, know? yeah, that might have been it, yeah. Like, you know, like I, I think that those are kind of separate things. Um, you know, will he – it would be very funny to see, like, the Raptors. Um, <laughs> what are they going to do? I have no idea what to make of the Raptors. You can tell me the Raptors were, like, second in the East next year or that they're, like, fucking – Second from the bottom, and I would
0: believe they're either. running it back, baby. Some as, as someone pointed out in the Discord, uh man, they really don't. They really want to get that spur, that pick that they top six protected to the Spurs if they're hiring Steve Nash next year because they'll be in that bottom six. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even want to talk about the Raptors until they make a fucking trade, dude. The
1: total pick is a fucking top six protect. I thought it was lottery protected. No, I think it's like six or maybe maybe. Eight, oh my god, that's a bad trade. Oh my god. Oh. yeah. I mean the Thad Young trade is worse, obviously, but like that's in still... fairness
0: to the Raptors, worst draft that we've seen in 15 but we, years. But we always say that. I mean, like the town's the town's booker draft was supposed to be like also a godforsaken draft. And like there's always one guy at the end of every lottery. 2013, it was Giannis the 15th pick, right outside the lottery. Booker at the end of the 2015 lottery. Well, There's always one guy, Jalen Williams. Yeah, and but there was also, like, poor Like, I think that was... Uh, Those drafts
1: are pretty bad still, though. Like, on the whole... They're not, like, that much worse than most other, like, uh, bat, like uh, normal drafts.
0: I don't think it's, like, that much different, to be honest. Like, it, 2013 has Giannis, so it's hard to say it's a really bad draft, but, like... That's a bad draft. That is a bad draft. That's a really bad draft. And like 2000 was the one, but they're saying that this is worse than the 2013 draft. And like they said, the 2013 draft at the time was bad. Well, we'll see. We'll We'll see. see. That's why I don't, I'm actually like fully in on trying the Sixers, not maybe with James Harden, but trying the Embiid thing and, and doing this for one more year, obviously, unless he asks out just because I'm like, why blow it up now? Like, you're going to get a top pick in a shit draft. Like who cares?
1: Well, we are all ready for uh, the Detroit Pistons to come in. Cade um, Cunningham. He's heard the slander. He's about to go. He's about to fucking go. My tweet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's heard all the slander. He is going to go off for 12 games before getting hurt um, and being sat down for the rest of the year by Trey Weaver. I, I hate being mean to Pistons fans because they deserve it like the least of any fan base. Like, I know they've been,
0: been pissing shit for it's, fucking 15 it's years. the
1: toughest go but like and I get why you want Cade to be good but like I'm sorry like I'm not saying give up the ghost on him being like a, a, a like solid all-star level player but you've got to stop thinking he's going to ever be like a top 15 guy like I'm sorry that, that I, maybe I'll be owned here but I think that ship has sailed here
0: all right well we'll see i
1: i'm uh, for my own safety i'm not commenting brian on says, this anymore brian in the comments says jalen for Cade and number five is gonna go crazy my
0: man is down for this well the, the whole conversation was someone reached out to me and they said would you really rather have maxi than Cade?" and i was like yes well i know maxi's good and he doesn't get hurt and like even if and and if I'm banking on Cade's upside, I, I don't know what that is. Maybe I am owned and he becomes one yeah. of the 10 best players in basketball, but like, what he's shown so far has not been that at all. And more importantly to me, there was a podcast that said, a Locked On NBA podcast, or maybe it was Locked On, I can't remember. One of their beat reporters apparently uh, had Tim Forkin, my buddy who's a Pistons fan, said, one of their beat reporters said, that, they, that he would consider trading the fifth pick of the draft to get Tobias Harris back in Detroit. And I was like, you're doing us a favor.
1: That that is, that is some truly, like, hellish vibes. If I heard that and I was a Pistons fan, I would do the Prince Tommen from Game of Thrones and just walk out a window. Like, I, I feel so bad for Pistons fans, man. Like, they, they, they should have... They don't. They really don't deserve this. Like, I, I, I need to. I know. slander because like, I honestly
0: hope Kate is Kate and I, Ivy are good really because do. because it they is. got fucked. They got the fifth pick in this draft and there's and and once again, I actually I said this to someone the other day and I said if I knew anyone else was running the show there and could competently build a good team around Cade and Ivy, I might feel better because I, I actually like Duran too. But like and like they have some solid vets and Berks and Boyan, but like. I just have no faith that Troy Weaver is going to be able to do this. Like <laughs> He gave
1: away Sadiq Bey for like nothing. And I get that like Sadiq Bey is like not great, but like he's a player. He's one of your four NBA players you have. They're going to
0: have $8 million less in cap space because of that trade this off season. That's so because cause James Wiseman makes like 8 or $9 million more than Sadiq Bey does. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it's like, dude. And you have Bagley, who you already signed to a bad contract. Yeah, I just – oh, my God, that situation is just – I hope they hit on the fifth pick. I hope Cade and Ivy are good because Pistons fans really have been in Pistons. Yeah, They've they, shit for too long. They need – I hope Anthony Black pops for them or something. Like, well, Yeah,
1: they, third guard, you know, that –
0: that would be the These most There might be another team that trades the pick for win now guy though. How many fucking teams are going to trade for win now? The market inefficiency might be just if you're a team that's like we want to fucking blow it up anyway, trade your whole team for the 3rd, 4th, 5th and 10th pick in this draft and just take shot after shot. The Bulls are back baby. Okay, last thing before we get out of here. Yeah. You're going to be furious at me for this. Okay. Jalen Brown, okay, is like the hot commodity, and everyone's like, I've heard people say, like, you know, oh, they would trade Anthony Simons in the third pick for the Portland. Uh, Sean Hyken has said that regarding Portland. Houston wants him, all these teams. Zach Levine is like the opposite, where everyone's like, oh, that's a toxic contract. No one wants that, whatever. But like, the numbers are pretty similar. And like, you're not going to give up nearly as much to get him. And Jalen's going to be on a massive contract a year from now anyway. Yeah, And and Levine's situation is he would be better in Portland than he would be in Chicago because he would have Damian Lillard. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't really see why that's like such an out of the question thing when, you're, when we're saying that all these teams are going to give up a bunch of real stuff and then give Jalen Brown one of the biggest contracts in NBA history. Even though Zach Levine's also on an insane yeah, contract, yeah, I don't. I I
1: would. I think the Bulls are going to be feasting, um, when they trade Demar Derozan and Zach Levine for other guys this off season. They so should. They should. Like, if you have good players, you should like be trading them this off season because like, there's just a lot of teams that feel like they are in it or want to make a pick or, or get somebody. Like, there's really who are the clear tanking teams? Like, the Pistons.
0: Maybe the Pacers. I don't think either of those teams are gonna tank next year. Like I don't think there's a single clear tanking team in the next two years. Like the Spurs are gonna get Wemby. It's the it's like the Bulls. Like, like and they're like they know, have a like, real chance to pivot here.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I think the Bulls have a real chance to pivot. I mean the Wizards should be, but who knows? They're um, not going to. Yeah. Um you know the the like the Mavericks are fucking snurfing around like a pig for a truffle for like any fucking anyone who will take their number 10 pick for a real player like i i don't know man is the
0: is the marketed efficiency just taking two years off when everyone else is trying to win and just trying to get as much draft capital as you can although we talked about 2024 being a bad draft this draft is good and then the one two years from now is supposed to be really good yeah i mean I will say this, like,
1: if you are the Celtics, I mean... Oh, the I, Hornets
0: might also tank, but not on purpose. I don't know. So, yeah
1: The other thing, though, is, like, other teams seem to, like, kind of fucking hate the Celtics and always, always leak when they're, like, making deals with the Celtics. So, even sure. if you listen on Jalen Brown, like, you, you, that's it. Like, you're going to have to trade him if you listen because it's going to get back to him and there's going to be another, like, thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. So... But, you know, all that said, you know, I will say this. You definitely have a real opportunity. It's going to be a pretty good time to trade Jalen Brown this offseason if you are going
0: to do it. The opportunity cost is incredible if you can get Jason Tatum to agree to it.
1: Yeah. I just don't – I don't know if I would – I mean, God, man.
0: You would have the – you could have potential to have the best superstar package in the NBA a year from now, though. Like, you would just have – if you just got like picks and prospects and then the, any of those guys hit on the Celtics, but the problem is like, if you draft Scoot and he's just not the guy, then you're like, Oh, we really fucked ourselves. But I, I mean, I think Scoot's going to be Well, great. Hey, to your Levine point, like his Simon's that, works that like Jalen, like yeah, that. Yeah. that's the question is like, yeah, I don't know. It's tough for me. It's tough for me because like, the, the answer is he, no Jalen Brown can ball play ball ball in ball the ball NBA ball. finals. Yeah. And he's that's, ball why, ball. that's why I would have the hardest time trading him is because right. we've seen him play well in the conference finals and the finals. There's like a short list of guys I can say that about. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm
1: saying. Like, you know, like it's, it's a tough decision. You know, it's a tough decision. I think that, I think Jalen's warts are being kind of blown out of proportion because there is one to one and a half teams. Cause I get the, the Warriors kind of did this to him again, but like, you know, uh, how often do you think you're running into the heat? Like, that's a serious, that's not a rhetorical
0: question. Every single year. <laughs> yeah. You think it's going to be every single year? Then maybe. This is what I was going through with Tyrese Maxey when he was playing like shit through three games of the Celtics series. And I was like, oh my God, are we going to have to trade Maxey? Cause he can't beat the team that might be the best team in the Eastern conference. And then he turned it around to later in the series. And I was like, thank God, I don't have to have that. But like, those are the conversations that you need to have when you're trying to get through a certain team.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Here. I'll say this. I, I would not, I won't be
1: devastated if the Celtics trade Jalen Brown, but I, I would like them not to, I'd like to kind of see it through. I still believe in Jalen, even though he can be infuriating sometimes. Like I still kind of believe in this team. Like I've seen them when they have a normal coach, they, they do fine. Um, So I'd rather, I honestly rather they fire Missoula than trade Jalen Brown. So. That said, if you can get uh, like uh, two Brooklyn picks and a Houston pick in number four, like, It'd be pretty tempting. You gotta, you gotta at least kind of fucking think about it at that point. Like,
0: yeah, how do your scouts feel about Jalen Green, Jabari Smith? Like, those kind of prospects is really what it comes down to. You like Jabari Smith? You're a Jabari guy. I mean. Not, not for Jalen. <laughs> so one play. of the prospects included. He's not the yeah. main thing. If you're getting the fourth pick plus future Brooklyn picks. I also am not like a Thompson twins guy. Like I would much
1: rather yeah. have the third pick than the fourth pick. Like, well,
0: the Thompson twins just make no sense on a team like Boston. He's yeah. like, you, like, okay, we have a, a athletic toolsy wing that won't be good for four years. Like, I'm kind of a scoot guy i
1: scoot has yeah. like fuck you in him, which like the Celtics mm-hmm. kind of need you know what i'm saying
0: like I, I i I don't know i you're going bill mode
1: i so i have going bill mode
0: i i'm i'm sold I'm sold on baby Russ like let me I this. also kind of think like you have you guys need a ball handler, yeah, and like shout out to Celtics Matt, who absolutely nailed this a year ago. When, he was, when Schroeder came on the team, this was at the beginning of the season, and he was like, Schroeder isn't good, but you can see the idea of the Celtics with an athletic guard, and if you just get a good version of that player, it could really work, right? Obviously, this was in the situation where you didn't give up Jalen Brown, but he was like, take smart, take Rob, take all the picks we have, and throw it at the Kings for De'Aaron Fox when they were picking between Halliburton and Fox, and I was like, if he had made that trade, this team would be really fucking good. Well, no, they wouldn't
1: be because Al Horford would still be bad and they wouldn't have Rob. Uh... Can't trade Rob and Smart. I, I, I'm so mad and mad about that one. Even though we know De'Aaron Fox is like an all-NBA player and clutch He's player. He's still
0: good, dude. Like, I, I, I was wrong about Fox, by the way. I was out on him for like two years. Yeah, same. I thought the I was saying I was say thinking Nick
1: trade him for Julius Randle.
0: Like <laughs> I know, I think I probably made some yeah. yeah. I did I did talk myself into him for the Sixers at one point, but we were so desperate in the middle of the Simmons situation that I was willing to do fucking I was like Carousel LeVert, sure God. <laughs> God. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon send him our way. All right, um anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um
1: I wish if, uh, what if, uh, in the Jalen wonder, what about a, a Jalen Brown package where some of those picks get rerouted to, uh, oh, it's not gonna work. Say it. But Jalen Brown, I was trying, I'm trying to get Jared Allen, who I, I feel like days might be numbered in, uh, Cleveland. Um,
0: oh, well, yeah, but the, I was gonna say the thing is, is that, you wouldn't want to trade Jalen have the fear you wouldn't rather have the fear of Jalen going to a team like the Cavs because the last the thing that they need is Jalen Brown. Well, you would
1: like what about like Garland and Allen for Jalen Brown? I mean, that's
0: that's a lot for Jalen Brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I no. mean Garland's a similar level player to 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 Brown to me though. Like I think uh
1: I don't, he, I don't think he's. I don't think he's making second team all
0: all NBA. For he might eventually he's 22. He is 22. That's true. He's like 22 or 23. Like he's still really young. I mean, the reason I bring that up
1: is because I really want Darius Garland. You know, that's what I'm saying. Though it would need to be a package like that where it's like the Celtics are probably getting away with something. You know, like for me to get
0: Darius Garland for Jalen Brown trade does intrigue me a little bit. And he's friends with Donovan, right? But he's also friends with Tate. Tatum, and Donovan are also friends.
1: Yeah. No, they want that Donovan was linked to the Celtics forever, like b- before that. Like that was like the joke. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm sticking with it. Um if you're hearing this, you either know the fate. Uh, you either know that I'm happy and the Celtics uh, lost last night and the offseason started and my pain is over. Or Let's go. the Celtics won last night. And I, I remain in my horrible hell purgatory for one more fucking day. If this, I will say like, maybe if Celtics lose tonight and like, the, it's funny that I even brought this up. If the Celtics force a game seven and they lose it, I will be the most miserable I've ever been in my life. <laughs> like I will, that is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen to me. I just want them to lose tonight. If they're planning on losing.
0: You heard it here first folks, heat and seven.
1: So <laughs> um, also shout out to the six man of the year, for the Boston Celtics, who is going to have a great game tonight. That's right, Scott Foster. Scott <laughs> Foster, the Celtics' sixth man of the year. 12-0 under Scott Foster.
0: Yeah, he stole the award from Emmanuel quickly.
1: The extender. <laughs> in to All
0: right, peace.
1: peace.